I mean, I used to drink and party, but pretty much after the gigs, you know, it was sort of like the extracurricular activity, like people wait until they get home. <laughs> well, I know and you said that this was your first sober record. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't, it wasn't like I was hammered making the other records. It's just that I think that what happens when you change your lifestyle to being, I don't want to get too therapy about it, but I'm just saying the things you learn inadvertently, and then it turns out to be crucial to why you do the things you are, how you became, you know, uh, out of control with certain substances, but it's mostly your behavior and your thinking that is as much changed by shifting to being more sober and alert. So, I I mean, I, my heart was healed from a bad love relationship. You know, this is, we're talking about a six or seven year arc of change by the time I even wrote the song Nick of Time, let alone started thinking about a record. I knew I would make a record with somebody. There was a lot of smaller labels that were sniffing around, but it was just a question of whether I wanted to, what I wanted to say, and I always was going to be touring as opposed to finding another job. So I I never felt completely bottomed out or unsuccessful. I mean, I wasn't stumbling around and driving off of cliffs and, you know, do it, threatening to kill myself and, you know, being hammered in public or whatever. But there's a certain kind of a spiritual, uh, uh, emotional a bottoming out that can happen that when you when you're lucky enough to come out of that and you look around at your friends that have lost their lives or lost their record deals or their marriage and and if you're lucky enough to get sober and come out of it you feel so rejuvenated that that I don't even care what label I would have been on this would have been my best record